Welcome to Grace Church Online. My name is Justin Ross, lead pastor here at Grace Church. You know, as I film this message right now, our country is experiencing a lot of turmoil and difficulty. Riots in our nation's capital, political unrest and division on a scale never seen or experienced in my lifetime. Each day, we are moving closer and closer to the end times, and it's a, it's a little shocking to see it playing out in front of our eyes. You know, the Apostle Paul, he said this as he was mentoring young Timothy, and I, I think it's very applicable and very appropriate for today. But he said, young Timothy, you should know this, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And then he said, young Timothy, stay away from people like that. I think that's a pretty good summary of our day today. And I believe right now, I think the best thing that we could do is, is to move forward into 2021 on our knees and to move forward in prayer. And so right now, I'm going to just take a few moments and I'm going to pray for our country. I'm going to pray for our leaders. I'm going to pray for the decision makers. So if you would, would you please join me as we lift up our country. Father God, we, we come to you humbly and we just ask for your wisdom. We ask for your your guidance. Lord, we also ask that you would be patient and long-suffering with us because, Lord, we're a mess. Our country's a mess. And Father, I pray that you would give our leaders wisdom, that you would give the decision makers of the United States of America wisdom, and Lord, that they would make decisions that honor you and really care for people. God, I just pray that uh, you would heal our land, that you would heal our country, that, Lord, uh, instead of living out what Paul just wrote to Timothy, Lord, I pray that instead, Lord, we would be um, humble and we would move forward in faith. And God, once again, that you would bring healing to our country. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, thank you so much for, for joining us on Church Online. A couple things I want to update you on before we move forward this morning. Uh, we sent out a video earlier this week, so most of you probably know, but uh, some of you may not. Uh, but I wanted to let you know that both Trisha and I um, came down with COVID-19 um, uh, right around New Year's. And uh, we're both fully recovered, and we're no longer contagious, so that's a good thing. But uh, I just wanted to say thank you for all of those that uh, reached out to us and offered their uh, concern and their prayers. And we had uh, people that brought meals, and, and just we, we felt really loved and cared for. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, people checked in on us, and once again, just offered up their concern, and I wanted to say thank you for that. Um, 
did, did want to let you know that Grace Church is going to resume in-person services uh, starting next Sunday, January 17th. And uh, we're, we're still going to have limited capacity, so I'm going to ask that you would register if you plan to attend in-person services. You can register by going to gracedurango.com. And uh, um, so please register if you, if you plan to attend um, in-person services starting next Sunday. Also wanted to celebrate some exciting news. Um, over Christmas Eve, we took the Hope Offering. And as of today, $18,169 has come in for that offering. And so we celebrate that. We praise God for that. And I just want to say thank you, Grace Church, for your generosity and your kindness. And that money is going to help many, many people inside and outside of Grace Church. And, and once again, those funds are to help people um, who are facing dark times. And we're going to be able to bring some light into people's uh, dark days that they may be facing or hopeless situations that they may be encountering. And, and uh, I, I want to quickly just tell you um, about something the Hope Offering has already done. You may have already heard this news, but about a week ago, a woman was tragically murdered over in Ignacio. And she had a few kids, but one of her boy, one of her boys who is uh, 12 years old, he played on the youth football team that I coached. And this 12-year-old boy lost his mother in a very horrific way. But because of the Hope Offering, we were able to help cover uh, funeral expenses, and we were able to communicate to this young boy that, and also to his siblings that, that God loves him and that people care about them. And so I just, I just wanted to share that with you, Grace Church, because um, those of you that gave to the Hope Offering, um, it matters. Grace Church, um, what we do really matters. When you give, it matters. Connecting with God's people matters. Showing kindness in someone's dark hour matters. Serving God through your local church matters. Leveraging what we have to reach those who are far from Jesus matters. It matters. So thank you, thank you, thank you for giving to the Hope Offering. Because of your generosity, we were able to um, remind a 12-year-old boy and that God knows him, that God loves him, and that God cares. So thank you. Today we're continuing our series through the book of Joshua. And in, uh, towards the end of last year, you know, we were concluding uh, part four of the series. And so today we're going to pick right back up in part five. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, just want to remind you that Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. And let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. Um, his very name means God saves. And um, God had given a promise to the nation of Israel that they were going to be given the promised land. But for 40 years, because of Israel's hardened heart and their stubbornness, they, they wandered around in the wilderness. And uh, Moses, who was a great leader, had just died. And Joshua is now stepping into that leadership role, the role of leading Israel into a better future. Now, the events of the book of Joshua, they span about 25 years, and it begins with Israel on the banks of the Jordan River, and across the river was the city of Jericho. And, and the book of Joshua 
is full of uh, military campaigns that defeat the inhabitants of the promised land. The book of Joshua is packed full with leadership wisdom and um, God's fulfilled promises and great reminders that God is faithful and the reality is that God will be victorious. In part four of Joshua, the nation of Israel had just suffered a devastating defeat from the armies of Ai, east of Bethel. But they didn't quit. The reality is, we learned in part four of Joshua, the reality is failure, defeat, mistakes, imperfection, they're a part of life. You will experience those things in your life. That's what makes the story of God so unique and so beautiful because in Christ we have something called grace. In Christ we have something called forgiveness, something called mercy. One of the most admirable qualities in the lives of God's people is their willingness and determination to get back up after defeat and to try again. So listen, we do fail. We will fail. We will experience defeat at times. And when we fail, it's time to get back up and to try again. So God led Joshua and the armies of Israel right back to the place of their greatest defeat, right back to the armies of Ai. And this time, the outcome was much different. God told them to go back to the city of Ai and experience the victory in the place where they had tasted defeat. And this victory, it hinged on their willingness to live by faith, not by fear. It hinged on their willingness not to quit, to get back up from their defeat and to try again. You know, maybe you're living in defeat right now. Maybe it's a failed marriage or Maybe you have recently lost your job or uh, maybe it's uh, a friendship that um, has failed. You may be living in defeat, maybe living in failure right now, but it might be time for you to get back up and try again. (coughs) Excuse me. Sometimes life is a bit of a roller coaster. The nation of Israel tasted sweet victory in Jericho, and then they tasted bitter defeat in Ai. But then God led them right back to Ai, and they tasted victory again. You see, the point is this. One defeat does not lose the battle, and one victory does not win the war. Listen, life is not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. There are going to be ups, there's going to be downs in life. In Joshua chapter 9, the the story kind of takes a a weird twist. In chapter 9 of Joshua, the enemies of Israel take a a more subtle approach. When the enemies heard that Joshua had, you know, what they had done at Jericho and what they had done at Ai, uh, they, they decided to take a different approach because they knew they couldn't defeat the armies of Israel. And so, they decided to send a delegation to Joshua. And the whole purpose of this delegation was to deceive Joshua. What they did is they loaded their donkeys with worn out sacks and old wineskins that were cracked and made them look like they had been repaired numerous times. And 
The men in the delegation, they put on, you know, old, worn out, and uh, patched up clothing and old sandals on their feet and just a bunch of old clothes. And um, with these old clothes and these old wineskins, and they, they brought moldy bread. What they were trying to do is they were trying to convince Joshua that they were from a very far away land and that they had been traveling for a really long time. And they had been led to Israel as a result of hearing the great things about Israel's God. You see, the problem was this. God had told Joshua not to make an alliance with anyone. Now, why would God do that? He, he, he told Joshua not to align themselves with non-Israelites. The question for us is this. I think what God is is trying to teach us is this. Who are you allowing to influence your life? The people you spend time with, the people that you recreate with, the, the people that you listen to, they will influence you. So who are you allowing to influence your life? Are you purposeful in who you spend time with? You know, I've been reminded by the Lord recently the importance of this. And, and uh, my wife and I, we actually, we went for a walk um, just a couple days ago, and I was talking with her about this. And the Lord was just reminding me afresh that when we gather as the church, whether it's in person or online, it's important. It really matters. It's important because we're influencing each other. As people of God, we're We're trying to encourage one another to do the right things, to to stay focused on Jesus Christ, and to not be distracted by the noise and the chaos around us. The author of Hebrews, he put it this way. He said, provoke one another to love and good deeds. I believe that's part of the purpose when we gather as the church is, We are to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Other translations say, spur one another on to love and good deeds. You know, I think naturally we're we're not uh, kind of bent in that direction. Naturally, we want to do the opposite of good deeds. We want to do the opposite of loving. And so that's why it's important when we gather online or in person is is we're spurring one another on. We're provoking one another. We're encouraging one another to love and good deeds. And if there was ever a time we needed to do this, it's now. My question to you is this. Are you influencing people towards Jesus or away from Jesus? You know, I'm going to do a little spurring and provoking Right now. You know, there, there's something that concerns me within the culture of Grace Church. Listen, I, I want you to know I am thrilled to be the pastor of Grace Church, and I brag on you. I brag on Grace Church all the time regarding your generosity and your kindness. But unfortunately, I, the, the concern that I have in our culture is I don't think we have a servant-minded culture here at Grace Church. We are super generous 
as a church. We are super kind as a church, and, and those are great things. But a lot of people, even here recently, a lot of people have stepped away from kind of the nitty-gritty of ministry. Listen, let's be honest. It's hard to roll up your sleeves and to get your hands dirty, but the only way that our church is going to impact this region with the gospel of Jesus Christ is if people say yes. Yes to serving on the stewardship team. Yes to hosting a small group. Yes to leading a squad for Grace Student Ministries saying yes to serving in G-Kids. Listen, the only way that this region is going to be transformed with the gospel is if an army of Christ followers rises up with a serving heart and a serving mindset and people who say yes to doing whatever is necessary short of sin to reach those who are far from Jesus. Church, listen, we, we cannot just serve when it's convenient or when it fits our schedule. Remember, Paul said at the end of his days, he said, I have fought the good fight. Listen, building the kingdom of God, it's a fight. We are in a war spiritually. And and the kingdom is not going to advance um, on accident. It's going to advance when people of God say yes and they serve. Listen, I, I want to I be able to brag not only on the kindness and the generosity of Grace Church, but I also want to be able to brag on the way people of Grace Church sacrifice and serve. You may say, Justin, man, this sounds um, kind of like you're picking on us a little bit. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm, I'm trying to challenge you. You see, what I'm, what I'm doing is, The reality is this. Others may be calling you to comfort and convenience, but I'm calling you to pick up your cross. Listen, who are you allowing to influence your life? And listen, when you labor for the Lord, when you serve the Lord, when you work for the Lord, your labor is not in vain. It matters. It's important. It's necessary. And our church and our county and our country needs it now more than ever. So the enemies of Israel, they tricked Joshua into signing a peace treaty. I want us to focus in on what caused the blunder. In in verse 14 of Joshua chapter 9, it says that they examined their clothes, they examined their food. I think... Uh, the people of Israel were trying their best to be diligent and, and they were looking over these, this delegation and they were trying to be wise about it. But they, they made a huge blunder. In verse 14 it says, they did not consult the Lord. I mean, what, what a mistake, what a blunder. They, they did everything right in their questioning. They did everything right in their examination of the delegation, but they forgot to do the most important thing. They forgot to seek the Lord. They forgot to ask God to involve Himself in the situation. They didn't seek the counsel of God. And because of that, they did not see the truth. 
if I may, let me finish the message this morning by giving us a twofold challenge. And I believe it's a challenge that will carry us through 2021 and maybe even years beyond. But the first part of the challenge is this. I want to ask, what does it look like for Grace Church? What does it look like for you to seek the Lord? Man, may it never be said of us like, oh my gosh, we forgot to involve the Lord. Oh my goodness, we forgot to seek the counsel of the Lord. May that never be said of us. But what does it look like for you to seek the Lord in your marriage, in your parenting, in your business? What does it look like for us to seek the Lord as a church? How can we do a better job in seeking the Lord as a church? Listen, we're, we're, we're facing things in our day today that we've never faced before. And the only way that we're going to be able to move forward successfully is if God is directing our steps. And in order for God to direct our steps, we're going to have to seek His face. We're going to have to be in tune, in touch with God. What does it look like for you to seek the Lord? The second part of the challenge is this. What can you do to foster or to build a servant's heart and a servant's mindset in your own life? What can you do to foster a servant's heart and a servant's mindset in your own life? And it was Jesus that said, the greatest among you is going to be the servant. We should all have that desire. I want to be a servant. I want to serve I want to say yes to helping build the kingdom of God, to helping my church flourish. So how can we better foster a servant's heart and a servant's mindset? The only way this region is going to be impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ is if an army of Christ followers rises up with a servant's heart and a servant's mindset. So once again, the challenge is twofold. How can we better seek the Lord and how can we strengthen the serving culture here at Grace Church? And I think if we were to uh, get 5% better over 2021 in, in those two areas, just 5% better in seeking the Lord and serving and having a serving mindset, I think the year would be a huge success. So would you pray about that challenge? Would you embrace that challenge? Would you take that challenge on? And would you ask God to give you wisdom in knowing how to seek his face and ask God to help you to be a servant and to have a servant mindset? I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, the encouragement from the book of Joshua. Lord, we can learn from people's mistakes. And Lord, the, the people didn't seek your face. They didn't seek your counsel. And they were tricked in Joshua chapter 9. And I just pray that you would help us to um, always be in tune with you, to always be listening to you, to walk in the Spirit 
and not in the flesh. Lord, help us to always seek your face, to always seek your counsel before we move forward with decisions. And Lord, I also pray that you would help us to foster a servant's mindset and a servant heart. Lord, I pray that, Lord, I'd be able to to brag not only on the generosity and the kindness of Grace Church, but I'd be able to brag on, man, the, the sacrificial giving of people's time. Lord, man, people just serve and they say yes. And, um, man, we're able to do all kinds of good deeds around this region because people are sacrificing their time to serve. And, Lord, we know it's not convenient. We know we may not get along with everyone that we serve with, but, Lord, we... We're not focused on those things. We're focused on advancing the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God, and reaching those who are far from Jesus. Lord, help us to have a servant's heart and a servant's mindset. Lord, thank you for your provision. I pray that you would protect Grace Church in 2021. I pray that you would continue to provide financially for Grace Church into 2021. I pray for the people of Grace Church that you would protect marriages. Lord, that you would protect their livelihoods and their incomes and their businesses. And God, you would just help us to be a year that we can look back on um, with great joy. I just pray that it would be a year of blessing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.